Can we give the Lord some praise just with our hands here? Thank you, Lord. Hallelujah. Hand that off before somebody calls me. <laughs> All right, well, that was, thank you, uh, Mom and Dad, too. Um, appreciate that uh, time of communion. Um, it's a good reminder that it is for us and it's a good reminder just to sometimes say hey why are we doing this so I, I, I definitely appreciate that um, if you want to open your Bibles to 1st Kings 19 we're going to get started there in just a minute 1st Kings chapter 19 you know and, and uh Today we're going to kind of continue our uh, series on uh, walking in freedom and uh, basically allowing God to continue to uh, apply the freedom that he has already purchased. Uh, Galatians says it's for freedom that Christ has set us free. Galatians 5.1, and so that means that uh, it doesn't always mean that right when we're saved, when we give our heart to Jesus, that everything instantly changes. A lot of it does. But it doesn't mean every single thing goes away from our lives. But what happens is God does, has a process of discipleship and sanctification where he works out what's been done inside of us. And so that's kind of what this, uh, these themes of walking in freedom. And, and last week my wife talked about, you know, uh, living without walls. And if you, if you missed that, you, we should have had a video for it because you need to see the picture. But you can, you can catch it online. But, uh, you know, of not having the walls uh, and, and the shields up that protect us from true relationship with one another. And so we've talked about fear, we've talked about shame, we've talked about betrayal, uh, freedom from all those areas. And today we're going to look at one um, in 1 Kings 19. So let me turn there too in my Bible uh, since I'm not there yet. 1 Kings 19, this is the account of Elijah, so let's go ahead and read that. Holy Spirit, we invite you to open the Word of God as we read it. 1 Kings 19.1 says this, Now Ahab told Jezebel everything Elijah had done and how he had killed all the prophets with the sword. So Jezebel sent a messenger to Elijah to say, May the gods deal with me, be it ever so severely, if by this time tomorrow... I do not make your life like that of one of them. Let's stop there and say, what is going on here? Because we're picking up in the middle of the story, right? So what has just happened? Does anybody know? You can cheat and look in 18 if you want. <laughs> what, one of the most famous uh, you know, accounts in, in the Bible is where Elijah calls down fire from heaven and has the contest with the prophets of Baal and says, hey, we're going to... We're going to set up a God contest here. Your God versus my God. So you go first, because I know you're going to lose. And uh, you pray to your God and have him send fire down from heaven. And then we'll know he's real. And uh, after you've had your shot, then I'll get my shot. So you go ahead and go first. And they went for a long, long time. A long, long religious service of all kinds of weird stuff, but nothing happened. And then Elijah 
goes and he rebuilds the altar of the Lord, it says, and they drench it with water, even though there was a drought, you know, they drench it. And then Elijah prays and says, oh Lord, you know, show yourself from heaven, basically. And it says, fire came down from heaven, and then everybody knew the Lord, he is God. There's only one true God. And then it says they killed all the false prophets, the prophets of, of this idol God named Baal. And so that's where we're at right now is there's just been this huge victory. And so the queen is Queen Jezebel, King Ahab and Queen Jezebel. You've, you've probably heard the term Jezebel. She's a Jezebel or something. You know, it's not like the name you give, give a kid. You know, you shouldn't. <laughs> it just has too many bad connotations. And so it's not one of those, oh, I found it in the Bible. Let me use that one, you know. It's a biblical name. <laughs> Try not to, you know, not all the names in the Bible are good uh, or represent good people. And so that's what's happened is they're, they're mad at Elijah because basically they're the ones who set up the prophets of Baal and set up, you know, that's, that's their deal. So basically the queen is threatening Elijah and saying, hey, I know you, you killed those prophets of Baal, that's by tomorrow you're going to join him. So it's a threat on his life. Verse 3, it says, Elijah was afraid and ran for his life. When he came to Beersheba in Judah, he left his servant there, while he himself went a day's journey into the desert. He came to a broom tree, sat down under it, and prayed that he might die. I've had enough, Lord, he said. Take my life. I am no better than my ancestors. Then he lay down under the tree and fell asleep. All at once an angel touched him and said, Get up and eat. He looked around and there by his head were a cake of bread baked over hot coals and a jar of water. He ate and drank and then lay down again. The angel of the Lord came back a second time and touched him and said, Get up and eat for the journey is too much for you. So he got up and ate and drank. And strengthened by that food... This is a great meal right here. He traveled 40 days and 40 nights until he reached Horeb, the mountain of God. And there he went into a cave and spent the night. And the word of the Lord came to him. What are you doing here, Elijah? It's a great question. Sometimes God will ask us that question too. When we get to a place, he might say, Shane, what are you doing here? Austin, what are you doing here? Jennifer, I hit two of you. What, what are you doing here? And it could be a good thing. <laughs> and in this case, it, it necessarily wasn't a good thing. But it could be a thing of saying, hey, that's great you're here. But it could be, you know, why are you here? Or it could be, why are you here? Verse 10, this is why I'm here. He replied, I've been very zealous for the Lord God Almighty. God, have you noticed? Remember that great day yesterday of ministry? Fire from heaven, amazing. The prophet of God spoke and you did, you know. The Israelites, you know, the Israelites, all those loser people, you know, the other people, not me, have rejected your covenant, broken down your altars, and put your prophets to death with the sword. I'm the only one left. And now they're trying to kill me too. Let's stop there. <laughs> Let's pray. Father, we just thank you for this opportunity today to hear from your word. And Lord, I just pray as I do many times, Lord, any words that are from you, Lord, we pray that they go into our hearts. Lord, we just receive them. Anything that's just John, Lord, we just pray that we'd forget it and, 
in 10 seconds, Father, wait, just wash over us, Father. But we invite you, Holy Spirit, to move among us, Lord. And we just say that, Holy Spirit, you have free reign and no other spirits or no other things that are not from you are, are quiet right now in Jesus' name. I command you to be quiet and be silent. And we release our minds and our hearts to hear from you, Lord, in Jesus' name. Amen. You know, as Dan was talking about, uh, he talked about the word ritual. Uh, it kind of made me... As we were worshiping there, the Lord kind of brought up a, another picture that ties in with where we're going to go, where Elijah is in this place right here, is, uh, is uh, what happens when you're in rituals, you do something over and over again, and it makes you, sometimes you get yourselves in, in a rut, okay? You get in a rut. And here, here, you know, a rut is, does everybody know what a rut is? <laughs> okay, well, it's a, you know... It's a hole in the ground, you know, it's been worn out if you walk over dirt hundreds of times. Like in my backyard, um, there, there begins to be ruts where the, where the dogs head to the fence, you know. Like they have their, their same path every time that they go to the fence and they all the grass, well, there's not grass, but um, it's Midland. So, you know, all the, what would be grass is now dirt, um, you know, and, it's, and it, digs out, it begins to dig out a rut. And I've heard, you know, sometimes when we get stuck doing the same thing, or we get stuck in a bad place, and we're just going back and forth over and over again, it be, we, begin to, we begin to get dug into that. And you know what a rut is? Um, is a rut is just a grave with both sides knocked out. You've probably heard that statement somewhere. I didn't make that up. It's not even, you know. I've heard it from Pastor Ken Pittner. <laughs> and he tells it way better than me about how to describe a rut. But a rut is just... Is just a grave with both sides kicked out. And right here, Elijah has fallen into a rut. He's fallen into the rut of depression. Did you notice it there? It says, he first of all, fear starts off. I mean, you got to get this. I mean, Elijah just has one of the most amazing days of being a prophet of God that you can have. I mean, I, to me, the fire from heaven thing, uh, I mean, don't some of, you, some of you may not be like this, but I'm thinking, man, God, one day that would be cool to do that, you know? <laughs> Wouldn't you like to pray and have fire come down, like literally, you know? And it's like a contest, too. It's like this amazing thing, like, I'm going to show you who God is, you know? <laughs> you know, kind of a, maybe it's a man thing. Come on, guys, you know? You want to, like, kick somebody's, hind end right we like to do that right okay some of you are playing playing humble i got you okay <laughs> some people just like to play the game i get it. i get it look i like to win okay you know someday my son will beat me in something but it's, he's gonna have to do it for real so <laughs> come on now boy i know you're only three but let's play basketball Whew, he lost again <laughs> I mean, that's what Elijah came from. He just came from a great victory, just like a, like a, a devil stomping. Everybody loves a, we're Pentecostals, we like a good devil stomping, right? You know, it was a great place. And then some lady, just a queen, you know, no big deal, full of powerful evil and demonic forces, says, I'm going to come kill you too. And then what does he do? Does he remember the fire from heaven? No, he goes, Let, I'm going to run. <laughs> 
And then, obviously, as he's running, he's thinking all these things in his head, and he gets to this place, and he just says, God, I'm done, I want to die. If this isn't a picture of what depression is, and I don't know what is in the Scripture. And you'll notice there's, there's several things that happen to Elijah here. Um, you'll notice in verse 4, um, no, verse 3, into verse 3 it says, He left his servant. One of the first things that depression does is isolation. It wants to pull you away from people that, are, that care about you. Or just people in general. Then the next thing, another thing that depression does is it, is it causes inaction. In other words, Elijah is just like, I'm done. I'm not ministering anymore. I'm not doing anything, God. I'm just going to lay here and die. I'm not, I'm not, I'm not doing anymore. I'm done. It's over. So it's, it's inaction. Another thing that happens is uh, a lot of times the result of, of depression is we, you just get distracted. You can't focus. You, you, know, you, you never can do what you're supposed to be doing because you're, you're caught. You're, you've, you've got this weight on you. There's, there's something that comes on you. It, makes you. it makes you numb. It makes you almost like, like a zombie, if I can say that word in church <laughs> you know it makes you you know just like a a dead person that's walking around and it's a serious deal and uh you know there's many ways just like elijah that we can encounter that in our own lives and the first thing i want to say is 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 we don't want to get to the point where we say you know, that should never happen. Well, it does happen. You know, whether it should happen or not for a believer in Jesus, a follower of Jesus, it does happen. I mean, look, if it's going to happen to Elijah, it could happen to you and me. Okay, so the first thing is we don't have to worry about, oh, well, I, you know, you're, oh, well, it's, you know, I shouldn't have this anyway. And, you know, hey, if you face it, let's face it. Because the amazing thing I see in, in this scripture here is that the Lord is willing to meet Elijah in the midst of his depression. Did you notice that? I thought that was amazing. Is that, you know, here Elijah runs away in fear. Uh, it doesn't say what he was supposed to do, uh, but I don't think this was it. <laughs> I, I don't know. I'm just, I'm just pretty, I mean, what do you think? I mean, we all agree on that? You know, this is probably not the next plant as God's like, okay, we're going to have this great victory. You know, we're going to cleanse the land of, of the false worship. And then you're going to run for the hills and go lay down by a river and do nothing and sleep. I just don't think this was God's plan. But the Lord is, is there willing to meet with him. He doesn't, he doesn't leave him there. He doesn't say, well, you should know better. You shouldn't even be in this place. He does ask him later, why are you here in another place? When he gets up and moves, still got the same attitude later. You'll notice everybody's, you know, torn all the altars down, you know, and I've been very zealous and then nope, I'm the only one that's left. And uh, you notice how it becomes all about me. <laughs> But the Lord is willing to meet with him in that place. And, and the Lord is even willing to meet with him and sustain him even when he's not willing to get out of that place yet. 
when he's met by the river, the angel of the Lord, many, I believe, as do many people, that the angel of the Lord is an appearance of Jesus in the Old Testament. Think about that. Jesus brought him that meal. He didn't condemn him. He didn't get up and scold him. You're a prophet of God. How can you be oppressed? What's wrong with you? Snap out of it. No, he met him and he just said, eat this. I got something for you. And then Elijah gets up and he goes back to sleep. And then he gets up and has, you know, it says the angel of the Lord appears again. Now, whether it's an angel or Jesus, whatever, this is God providing. It's from the hand of God. And brings him this, this sustaining meal in the midst of his, his rut, in the midst of his, his depression, in the midst of his dark hour of the night. And so whenever, if we find ourselves facing this in this life, is to know that Jesus is there ready, ready to meet with us. I mean, the only per, that, and that's the only one that really matters. Uh, when you're facing depression in your life, and it may just be a temporary thing, and it may be something you struggle with on an ongoing basis. It may be, uh, it may be something that comes on because of a, a traumatic event or something. Uh, for me, one of the times I've, I've struggled with this is, is right after my mom's death. You know, we... Uh, Proverbs thirteen twelve. If you want to shoot that one on the screen, there. Uh, did I put that one in? No. Yeah. Hope deferred makes the heart sick, but a longing fulfilled is a tree of life. You know, when when you want something to happen and it doesn't happen, that can cause sickness to come into your heart. One of, I mean, basically, depression is a sickness of our emotions and our mind. I mean, it's 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 uh, something that's not from God. And when my mom passed away, you know, it's, you know, you, first of all, life goes on. We all know that. No matter what, life goes on. And, you know, you got to wake up on Monday, you got to wake up on Tuesday. Uh, for me, it means, you know, I got to stand up here every week and, and bring the Word of God and, and do the ministry that God has called me to do during the week. And, uh, but I, I found myself struggling, you know, I found myself, you know, because we prayed, you know. My hope was, was deferred. And I prayed and prayed and prayed, and, and my expectation was for uh, miraculous healing and recovery. And instead, she went to be with Jesus. You, I know it's a win either way, but that didn't help me, doesn't help me in the moment of October 9th, 2010. And so... Uh, you know, and it beca- begins to be a time when, when you're in this season, you know, when, when you're fighting this thing, that, that it's almost like you can't do what you want. You're like Elijah. You're like, I just, I just can't go there. I can't, I can't, you know. And, and you begin to be self-focused. Oh, man, it's really tough for me right now. It's really hard for me right now. And immediately I've, you know, I've turned, away, <laughs> I've turned all the attention towards myself. But uh, it's a tough thing. And the only way to, to get out of it, of course, is to respond to the Lord. I mean, there, there's only one way that you find freedom with anything in this life, and it's through Jesus. And it's through the power of what has happened on the cross, which we remember today in the communion, and the re, by the death and resurrection of Jesus, that he has brought us freedom from anything in this life that will weigh us down. And this is just another thing in this life that will weigh us down. 
whether we want to call it depression, we want to call it despair, we, we want to call it a heaviness, a sadness, whatever that comes over us, that uh, a darkness, that this, this is something that wants to hinder us from walking in this life the way we're meant to walk, from being who we're supposed to be. Because it stops you. I mean, Elijah was done being Elijah. He basically said, I, I'm done. I'm, I'm no longer... And, and you know what? Elijah, if you'll notice... Let's see, there's, there's 19, there's 20, there's 21, 22. And he's got uh, all the way to 2 Kings chapter 2 of his life still left. But if he doesn't get out of this place, he will never get there. He never gets to hand off his mantle to Elisha. So the Lord is willing to meet us. And here's another thing that I, this is just a, a really practical encouragement. And this can apply to sickness. This can apply to anything that you're, you're battling is don't own it. Well, I'm, this is my, my, I'm depressed. My depression. This is my whatever. Well, if you don't want it, then don't own it. And I'm not saying that to be trite or simple, that it just magically goes away. I'm just saying, hey, if you're battling depression, that's the way it should be. I'm not saying that, I'm not going to condemn you and say, we should never be there. No, I think the scriptures show us over and over again that, that this is a battle we will face in this life, that we may not all face, but some of us will face it in this life. And it could be brought on by many things. But don't own it. Don't make it yours. Don't make it my this well my oh man my you know whether it's your headaches or my you know my headaches well if you don't want them don't tell don't say they're yours <laughs> i don't know that just seems go ahead and fight go ahead and fight go ahead go ahead and say you know what and i understand that the very nature of depression stops us from doing all these things that we need to do but inside of us if we're a believer is the truth that's going that our the holy spirit is in us saying you, you're going to get out of this. You're not going to stay here. The, the Lord works in us to will and to do according to His purpose. So he is, he is working in you. So we have to move past the area of the soul. Our soul is our emotions and our mind, our thoughts and our will and allow our spirit, which is alive all the time, which has been changed and completely New on the, it says we're a new creation in Christ Jesus. That's where the power comes is from the spirit where your spirit has been alive by Jesus and he has set us free. And so we have to have something rise up within us. Uh, let's go to, uh, well actually, I want us to look at Psalm 42. I want us to look at uh, a couple things here. Um, actually, let's look at the rest of Elijah here. Let's Let's finish this. This account. I wasn't sure if we were going to go there or not, but let's let's finish this account. So God says in verse ten, um, you know, what are you doing here? And or Elijah replies in verse ten, I've been very zealous. So let's look at eleven. It says the Lord said, I love it how God doesn't even answer him. So sometimes God won't answer your questions. Uh, it, you know, if it's invalid question, he just moves on. Let's, <laughs> he just says, let's just, let's just move our attention off of that right now. The Lord said, go out and stand on the mountain in the presence of the Lord, for the Lord is about to pass by. And I know God's talking about himself in the third person there, but he's, you know, he's communicating with Elijah. 
Then a great and powerful wind tore the mountains apart and shattered the rocks before the Lord, but the Lord was not in the wind. After the wind, there was an earthquake, but the Lord was not in the earthquake. After the earthquake came a fire, but the Lord was not in the fire. And after the fire came a gentle whisper or a still small voice. And when Elijah heard it, he pulled his cloak over his face and went out and stood at the mouth of the cave. Then a voice said to him, what are you doing here, Elijah? Again. And Elijah has the same answer. <laughs> God, uh, don't you remember? I just told you. I have been very zealous for the Lord God Almighty. The Israelites, they've rejected your covenant, broken down your altars, put your prophets to death with the sword. I am the only one left, and now they are trying to kill me too. So he's still in that place. You notice he's still in the same place. He, he has not gotten away from, from his, his depressed state. He is not broken free. And the Lord said to him, Go back the way you came and go to the desert of Damascus. When you get there, anoint Hazael, king over Aram. Also anoint Jehu, son of Nimshi, king over Israel. And anoint Elisha, son of Shaphat, from Abel-Meholah to succeed you as prophet. Jehu will put to death any who escaped the sword of Hazael. Hazael, and Elisha will put to death any who escaped the sword of Jehu. Yet, here, I love this part, yet I reserve 7,000 in Israel, all those whose knees who have not down, bowed down to Baal and whose mouths have not kissed him. And you know, I mean, I find it interesting, and I don't think this is like a, a, a magic wand for, for any of us as we face. We just say, oh, I'm just going to go. But... But God had Elijah do something. He just said, we're going to get the focus off of you and get it to somebody else. Let's get, let's get the focus off of how bad your life is and why don't you do something for me? Why don't you do what you're called to do? He says, get up and go anoint. Go, go set apart. Go do what you're supposed to do because... I have called you to do this. And Elijah does, and, he, and he's, he's broken free from it. Because right after this, what happens? He goes, he does what he's called to do. He meets Elisha, and he begins to take him under his wing. And there's a, there's a freshness in his life. There's a, there's a breakthrough. He begins to mentor and disciple Elijah. He's raising up his successor, who's going to have a double portion on his life of what Elijah has. And he moves on with his life. And he begins to be fearless once again. He begins to stand against those things that are coming into his life. But until he got out of that dark place, he wasn't going to be who he was called to be, do what he's supposed to do, and go where he's supposed to go. And I'm not, I don't, uh, I don't claim to be an expert on this. But I, say, but I do look to the Word of God. And the Word of God says we are able to take off this garment of heaviness. This spirit of heaviness and put on a different garment. One of the solutions I believe is to is to find the same hope that is found in, in the Scriptures. Is like in Psalm, verse, uh, Psalm 42, verse 11, it says, Why are you downcast, O my soul? 
Why are you so disturbed within me? Put your hope in God, for I will yet praise Him, my Savior and my God. You know, one of the first things we need when we're in that place is we need hope. We need something that's going to give us hope. And sometimes it's okay to talk to your soul. And you have to just be in this place where you're saying, look, I, I'm, read, I'm, I'm ready to move on from this thing. If you, if you can't get to that place, you're, not going to move, you're probably not going to move on. But you have to get to the place where you say, I'm ready to move on. And then you can talk to your soul. You'll notice David does this. Man, if you're in a place of, 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 of a rut, of a depression of any kind, read the book of Psalms. Read the book of Psalms. Read it till something breaks through. Read the scriptures till something happens. Because, man, in the book of Psalms, there's some dark hours of the night. Man, David was in some dark places when he wrote these Psalms, and he was, he's brutally honest. I mean, he's, he's, he cries out, you know, in, in uh, Psalm, Psalm 73, there's a, there's a place where, you know, he's, David's just complaining about all the bad stuff that's happening. And then, God, I've wasted my time in following you. All these people are prospering, yet I've, I've been seeking after you, and I have, I have, I'm fighting this th- battle right now. I don't have what I think I should have, and things aren't happening the way I think they should be going. And people are against me, and things are going on. And let, yet, this person over here who doesn't care one bit about you, man, they're rich, they've got all this success, they've got all, this, all the things that look good on the outside. Things are going well for them. They're healthy, they're, everything's good. What's wrong, God? I'm following you. And it says in, well, I don't know what verse it is, probably about verse 12 or 15 in the middle of the psalm, and it says, Then I entered the sanctuary of God, and everything changes. So I encourage you, if you're in that place, man, the Psalms, you can identify with the Psalms when you're in that dark place. Man, there's some that are all peppy. You might be like, oh my goodness, I'm going to skip that one right now. <laughs> I don't want to read about that. But there's ones that have the journey of, of David and other men of God who have gone to that place but have said, you know what, the Lord has lifted me out. You know, The cords of death entangled me. The grave and anguish came. Overcome overcome by trouble and sorrow. But then it says, Then I called His name, the name of the Lord. O Lord, save me. And God saves him. So man, I I think it's great, but it's okay to talk to your soul because your soul is the problem. It's in your emotions, your mind and your will. So you need to say, hey soul, what's wrong with you? Put your hope in God. Hope in the Lord. Put your hope in Him. Those who hope in God will never be put to shame. Read, find all the mentionings of hope in the book of Psalms and just read them over and over again until something breaks free. Get in the sanctuary of God, which is just the presence of God. And I know everything that's, that's about this trap is set to make us not get to the solution. Because you're just numb. You're, you're, we're isolated. We don't want to do anything. But we've got to step into the sanctuary. We've got to receive the sustenance. We've got to look at the plate that God has placed right next to us. It's right there. The hope is right there. Jesus Himself delivered it, hand-delivered it to you. 
2 Corinthians, I love this scripture here. We've we're, we got a lot of scriptures here. 2 Corinthians 1, verses 8 through 10. 2 Corinthians 1, verses 8 through 10. This is the Apostle Paul. So I know you can say, man, Elijah was in the Old Testament. So you know what? We don't have to deal with that because we're, we're in the New Testament, right? And it says this, Paul talking to the church in Corinth, We do not want you to be uninformed, brothers, about the hardships we suffered in the province of Asia. We were under great pressure, far beyond our ability to endure, so that we despaired even of life. Indeed, in our hearts, we felt the sentence of death. Hey, this is something, see, Paul had to battle this too. So if you're battling this at any time in your life, when it comes, if it's great right now, praise the Lord. But if you ever have to battle this, just know that there, it's not necessarily something that's wrong with you. It doesn't mean that you did something bad. It just means that you're facing a battle. So Paul was in that place. Man, he's like, I don't even want to live anymore. We felt the sentence of death in our hearts. But look what it says. But this happened, that we might not rely on ourselves, but on God who raises the dead. He has delivered us from such a deadly peril, and He will deliver us. On Him we have set our hope that He will continue to deliver us. And here's another part that really helps. As you help us by your prayers. Man, get somebody praying for you. If you can't pray yourself, find somebody else who will pray. Say, I'm struggling with this. Be honest. It's okay. It's okay to say, I'm struggling with something. We need that in the church. We need to be open to say, I I need help right now. I need prayers right now. I need somebody else. I don't even want to pray right now. But will you pray? Sometimes it starts there before, the break, before we're able to enter in personally. Then many will give thanks on our behalf of the gracious favor. Man, I love Paul right there. You see, he, he has been there, but he's also been delivered. He is, he's known the deliverance of God, and he believes that the hope of God will continue to deliver him when, the, when he faces those things. Isaiah 61. So you've got hope, and now here is another powerful weapon that likes to beat up depression. Okay? It is in Isaiah 61. You don't have to turn there. You can look on the screen. It says that this is the scripture that Jesus quotes when he starts his ministry. So know that this, this is not just some Old Testament thing that's there to make us feel good. No, this is Jesus said, here's what I'm doing. Here's my ministry. Here's what I'm about. The spirit of the sovereign Lord is on me because the Lord has anointed me to preach good news to the poor. He has sent me to bind up the brokenhearted to proclaim freedom for the captives and release from darkness for the prisoners, to proclaim the year of the Lord's favor and the day of vengeance of our God, to comfort all who mourn and provide for those who grieve in Zion, to bestow on them a crown of beauty instead of ashes, the oil of gladness instead of mourning. That's a good one right there that you you can't find unless you're mourning. And a garment of praise instead of a spirit of despair. Your version, 
New King James, King James says, a spirit of heaviness. They will be called oaks of righteousness, a planting of the Lord for the display of His splendor. Man, there is a different garment that we have to wear when we face this heaviness. And it's the garment of praise. And I get it. We don't want to when we're in that place. That's, that's the whole point. Is we don't want to praise. But, if we will push past and say, you know what? No. I'm not staying here. I'm going to begin to praise the Lord. That may be in English. It may be in your prayer language. Whatever it may be. Because you know, when, you, when you're praying in your prayer language, it says... One of the things that it is, is is glorifying and praising God, just like it says in Acts chapter 2. You know, it says, put on the garment of praise for the spirit of heaviness. So if there's a black cloud over your life that's raining down stuff that's weighing you down, God says, I've got clothes for you to wear that will keep you safe from that, that will deliver you from that. I've got a garment of praise. Jesus said in Matthew eleven twenty nine, you know, Take my yoke upon you, for I am gentle and humble in heart, for my yoke is easy and my burden is light. You know, part of what happens when we're, when we're in this battle is there's just a, there's a heaviness that just comes on our lives that tries to, you know, and it's like, uh, come here, Shane. Try not to kill me. Okay. I want you to, can you like kneel down a little bit here? And, <laughs> and so you've got something heavy. Well, I know I'm not heavy, but um, that's weighing you down. Now, even Shane, he's a big guy. If he tries to get up right now, it's pretty tough. <laughs> Thank you. Let's try that again. I know you could probably get me up. So it's only one six. It's one sixty. I'm soaking wet. So, um, but I mean that's really a picture of depression in our lives. It wants to keep us down, and there's a weight that 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 holds us from getting up. And we have to look to the Lord. We have to invite the the prayers of others, and we have to put on this garment. We have to just say, you know what? I'm going to begin to praise God. In the midst of this, I don't care. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to make a decision to praise the Lord. I'm going to begin to worship Him. If you have to put on worship music, whatever it is. If you've got the song in your heart, if you play an instrument, if uh, whatever it may be, you just want to read out the scriptures of praise, like I said in the Psalms, that could even be a way of, of stirring up your spirit to, to, to praise the Lord. But we've got to put on the garment of praise because the, the, the yoke and the burden that God has put on us is light. So if there's a heaviness about what's, you know, if it's like that, then, we, then we've taken up maybe a yoke that's not ours. Well, I just need to struggle through this thing right now. And I know there are, there are times of struggle. I'm not saying there's not times of battle. I'm not saying there's not times of things where we, where we are in intercession, where there's, there's, a, there's, there's a spiritual struggle going on, where there's things that go on. But it shouldn't be, we should get up from that place and have a, a light burden on us. Because Jesus said, my burden is light. Now there is a... Have you ever been in a place where like the presence of God was really strong? And we say like, man, it feels really heavy in here. It's a different heaviness though. See, it's, it's like it's the weight of glory. 
And when the weight of glory is there, we're not weighed down in a, in a bad way. We're maybe pushed down in worship, but our spirits are lifted up to higher places. Because God's burden and yoke are light. So there's a, there's a garment of praise. But there's another thing that God releases to us in the midst of, of this time that I believe is so, so important. It's the joy of the Lord. Because Nehemiah 8.10 says, The joy of the Lord is your strength. And uh, Proverbs 17.22 says, A merry heart doeth good like medicine. Or NIV says, A cheerful heart is good medicine, but a crushed spirit dries up the bones. You know, sometimes you just need to laugh. I still, I'll, I'll never forget watching a, uh, a video of Lester Summerall on uh, YouTube. There are good things on YouTube. There's plenty of bad things. But I was watching an old video. I don't even know how I got on this, this YouTube video. Um, but I was there. Probably on the side of something else. You click it. You watch it. And as he's preaching in the 1980s, and he was a, a great uh, man of God, just minister of God. And uh, he began to talk about this scripture, and, and it was actually in relation to someone who had a physical illness in their body. And the husband comes to him and says, what did you tell my wife when you prayed for her last week? And he says, well, why do you ask, brother? <laughs> well, she goes in the bathroom, and all I hear her doing is just laughing. <laughs> And he says, well, what I told your wife is, and what the Holy Spirit quickened to me was the scripture, Proverbs seventeen twenty two: a merry heart doeth good like medicine. I told her that she needed to laugh and her healing would come. And he said, I was wondering what she did, but she's healed now. And you know what? Certainly in the midst of a battle with a foe that tries to weigh us down with blackness and 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 takes tries to take away our hope that man the joy of the lord is our strength and sometimes a good laugh can do you good sometimes a good laugh can do you good it can lift something in your spirit and i know here's the deal everything in you in this place says i don't want to laugh you know this lady didn't want to laugh either but you know what Lester Summerall told her? I don't care if you want to laugh or not. You go in your house and you find a place where you can laugh. Maybe it sounds fake at first, but she began to, she began to do it at first. And she started out and it was you know, just forced. Have you ever heard of, you, you've heard of forced laugh, right? We all know how to do it when someone tells a joke. And we, <laughs> you know, we try to make it like we thought it was funny and just so they don't feel bad. Uh, I know. I've heard it all the time from you all when I, do, when I preach, right? <laughs> so... <laughs> So I, I, we know what that sounds like. So you know, maybe, it, maybe it's a forced laugh at first, but man, find a way to, to just let it rip. You know, make sure your family's gone if you need to, okay? You know, get in your car, lock the doors, okay? And just say, I'm going to laugh. I'm going to do it. I don't, care what, I don't care what I feel like. I'm going to go ahead and try laughing and see what happens. You might even make yourself crack up at how stupid you sound, Okay? <laughs> Then you might really laugh. <laughs> you won't even be just made up. You'll, you'll, you know, look at yourself in the mirror doing it. That's got to be funny, right? Look at yourself just laughing by yourself. That's, that's, I think it would look funny if I was looking in the mirror at me. And I think it would look funny if I was looking at you in the mirror too. So, 
and I'm, I'm, you know, I mean, we're laughing right now, and that's good. And I'm not making, I hope you don't think I'm making light of this, because I, I've, I've faced this thing. And this thing still rears its head in my life every once in a while. But you know what? Jesus is greater than this thing. That's the whole point of freedom, is that Jesus set us free, that Jesus paid for us to be set free. 1 Peter 1.8, this is a great scripture, I love this one. Can you shoot it up there? Because I don't have it memorized. It says, though you have not seen him, you love him. And even though you do not see him now, as Jesus, you believe in him and are filled with an <laughs> inexpressible and glorious joy. Or I was, I was thinking the old way to say it is that you're filled with joy unspeakable. Man, this is, the, this is the Christian life. And just because we face a dark time, all I'm saying is, hey, if you're in that place, I'm not condemning you. I'm saying there's a way out. You don't have to stay there. Because God has said, here is our, your inheritance. Here is part of your inheritance is unspeakable joy. Man, and we, we sometimes let everything else get in the way. And you know what circumstances come? We're like Elijah, whatever. We can go from high to low, man. He went from the highest high... Fire from heaven, pretty good, pretty cool. Maybe you don't want that. Whatever the highest high would be for you in the Lord and good things happening. And then the next day, he was in the lowest low. So it can come on at any time, but you don't have to stay there. You can put on your garment of praise. You can allow the, the hope of the Lord and turn to him and, say, and cry out to God. You can enlist the prayers of others. And you can allow the joy of the Lord and maybe laugh a little bit to be your strength. So Josh, would you come? And I just want us to just respond to the Lord with some with some with some putting on some of our garment of praise. To worship the Lord here for just for just a minute in response. I'm not going to have us uh, if you want to come to the altar just as a response, uh, just for whatever, it may not even be that you're, you're dealing with this right now, uh, but I just don't want to single, single us out or anything like that on this. I just, just feel like that's not the way we're supposed to do it. But I want us to go ahead and stand up. Switched instruments already. I want us to, to, just, uh, to just close and worship the Lord. And if you're... you're you know, you may not be struggling right now, but if you're struggling right now with this, then I encourage you just to, you may have said, man, I didn't even sing earlier. I encourage you just to, just to say, you know what, I'm going to worship the Lord. I'm going to praise the Lord. I don't feel like it. My heart, quote unquote, is not even in it, even though your, your spirit, your true heart, is in it. It is into it all the time. It's into worship all the time because the Holy Spirit is into worshiping Jesus all the time. He can't get enough of, of praising, bringing praise to the Lord. So, Father, right now, we just invite you to just move among us for, for a few minutes here as we just, we just enter into your presence, God. We, we thank you that you have made provision for us for every freedom in our lives, Lord. And whether we're facing this now or this is a preparation for something we'll face in 10 years, Father, we ask that you would allow us 
uh, just like Elijah did, to not stay in that place, Father. We thank you that you are there to meet us. We thank you, Jesus, that you have never left us and never forsaken us. And whether we're on the highest high or the lowest low, that, Lord, you promised, you said, I am with you always, Lord. And if there's nothing else we get from this, we can know that you're with us, Lord, that you are right there in the midst of every single thing that we can face, Lord. And I just declare, Lord, for any of us that are battling depression, Lord, to battle it on a yearly basis or at certain times of the year. And, and uh, Lord, I'm not talking about, I'm not talking about mourning or just, or just healthy stuff of, of grief, which is okay. Lord, I'm talking about something that weighs us down, that wants to hold us down, that wants us to be in a hole that's just like a grave. Lord, we just pray for those things to be lifted in Jesus' name. We thank you for a lifting of the heaviness, Lord, in hearts. Lord, we thank you for a release of praise, Lord, that you are giving us fresh oil. Lord, fresh oil of gladness for our morning, Lord. A, a spirit of praise, a garment of praise for the spirit of heaviness. We release that Holy Spirit spirit right now we invite you lord you are the spirit of praise the spirit of joy and we release you right now to move among us in jesus name just go ahead and respond to him and if you need to come forward or just lay on your face or just just lift your hands whatever it is let's respond to him